And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, my Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. It's Hogan Johns. Fields watches downfield. He's got a touchdown, Ohio State. Just the tradition here, the history here, the, the pride, you know, here in Chicago is just unmatched. Fields down the field. Caught for a touchdown. Touchdown for Fields tonight. I just love the energy already. I'm just you know, glad to be a Bear and you know, glad to be a part of this great city and great organization. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. A taller Russell Wilson or a more polished Cam Newton? Where do I sign up for that? And from The Athletic, it's Kevin Fishman. Look at me being the one. I'm giving the Bears too much credit. Let's begin now. What's up? Welcome in. It is Vegas week here on Hogan Johns. John's couldn't handle it. He's gone. He's retired from his Las Vegas days, if they ever even existed. He's not making the trip. And the fish man is here instead. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Hogue? You know, I was thinking about doing a John Z impression, but as I did it in my head, it came out like Bob Dabrowski. Ooh. So it'd be more of a Bob impression than a John Z impression. Um but uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep working on that. But, yeah, you know, John's is probably one of those people who, you know, he can only handle like one day in Vegas. You know, couldn't do like a three night trip. Right. So this is going to be too much for him. Too much for him. So he's got to go to Boston instead with Tommy. Listen, we've seen this guy in Bourbon A. You can only imagine what uh, Vegas would do to him. That's that's a great point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We are. Uh, what's it, what's interesting about this? I was I was actually, I my phone. I have. I don't know if you had. You can set your phone if you have an iPhone to like have pictures pop up automatically on like your home screen. Just like random pictures you have, and a lot of times they'll show you like on this day how many years ago. And so two days ago, the picture that you took of me in the hotel room in London. When we were recording this exact podcast, Bears Raiders preview episode, Johns was not there. He was in London. He was very, very sick, though, in London. Um, because, you know, back to your point, he can't handle Bourbonnais, so he can't handle going to all these extravagant cities, right? So he couldn't. No, he just had a stomach bug. That was really bad timing. Um, so you and I did the preview episode. And I was on like hour 36 or something of wearing the same exact sweats because American Airlines lost my bag on the way there. And uh, and we actually had to record, if I remember right, twice because I'm also an idiot and didn't hit the record button. Double check that I did that now, which I did. Um, and anyway, you took this photo of me and I just looked so disheveled and bad. But we got through it. And it was a Bears Raiders preview, so it's only fitting that you're back for this Bears Raiders preview. Yeah, and uh, you have all your clothes, from what I, I can do. tell. And yeah. um, this is the third time in a row 
for a Bears Raiders matchup taking place the first week of October. Same thing in uh, 2015 mm. when the Raiders came to town. Robbie Gold with a game-winning field goal in uh, John Fox. I think that was Foxy's first win as head coach. That was also first week of October. So and if I mean, if I have it right too, I believe it's the fourth different city that this game has been played in in the last four meetings. Because you have yes. Oakland, Chicago, London, and now Las Vegas. Yeah, it's traversing the world, these two teams. Two bitter rivals. There you go. Raider, Raiders lead the all-time series 8-7, so this is a big one for the Bears. Ooh, yeah. got to get back even. It is. Well, it's a big one for the Bears for many other reasons, like the fact that the Packers and Bucks are on the schedule coming up, and uh, you might want to steal this one if you can in Las Vegas. Uh, before we get to the preview, and we're going to have Vic Tafer from The Athletic, who covers the Raiders, jump on with us here. Uh, momentarily to to go over what's happening with uh, with John Gruden. Knock on wood if you're with me. And the Raiders. Um, but before, uh, pretty big news yesterday. Justin Fields is the Bears' starting quarterback going forward. The only reason I was surprised by this, Kevin, at all was because I was surprised Andy Dalton was deemed healthy so soon that he was able to come. But I... You know, it was like you couldn't watch the tape from Sunday and make a logical argument that Andy Dalton should start whatever the next game was that he was healthy. And so it turns out he gets cleared, medically cleared. He's back. He fully practiced. And so it was it was time. It was like, all right, Matt Nagy had to sit down with these guys and say, we're going ahead with Justin Fields. You know, uh, Matt Nagy clearly has not taken any journalism classes because he is uh, big on burying the lead. Goes up there and opens with a David Montgomery update, which is important. Don't get me wrong. That is important. Get that update. Then he tells us that Andy Dalton's a full participant. So I was kind of sitting there like, all right, well, that's the news, I think. So I start, I tweeted it out. And then he goes, he goes into a long Matt Nagy you know, diatribe and then ends with Justin Fields going to be our starting quarterback moving forward. And someone did t- respond to my Andy Dalton is fully healthy tweet, which it means, you know, very little at this point other than that he's the backup. And they said, this this is it. This tweet is our final Andy Dalton Bears update. That's it. Oh. Yeah. It might be. It might be. Yeah. Fields you know, stays I, healthy. I, this isn't really about Andy Dalton today, but I do have this theory that Andy Dalton could end up becoming one of the fan favorite quarterbacks in Bears history when this is all said and done. Because he I do, paved, I, paved I do the way think, for Justin Fields. Well, I just I do think that now he's not the starter. Fans will go from hating him for basically no reason to, I mean, well, not, nothing that's his fault at all, to really appreciating him as a really good backup quarterback and the way he's handled this. Like, you could already see the tweets coming in yesterday, like, now they're all praising Andy Dalton for how he's handled the situation, which he 100% deserves all the praise for. So now if there's a situation where Justin Fields gets banged up or something, he has to miss a game, and Dalton comes in and leads him to a victory, you know, now this is going pretty well for Andy Dalton, other than yeah. the fact that he's not the starter. But, hey, he's still getting $10 million. I think well, he's going to be okay. Bears are the best backups in the, uh, in the NFL. If you combine the two and the three, the most most highly paid, as well, certainly. Uh, but well, I was that, with you. you. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say quickly, that is one of the things that's been in my back of my mind every once in a while. Like, I know they're getting all this criticism for how they've handled this whole thing. But, like, if you really do think about it, they had a really good offseason at quarterback. Like, compared to most teams, they did a really good job at improving that position. It's the most important position in sports. You got to put resources into it. And, and the Bears had to fix it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I I, I think you and I both were on the same page, which was, you know, Monday's whole when Andy's healthy, he's the starter. We were kind of like, all right. So sure. like I, I said yesterday, like, man, Maggie, he, sometimes he just says stuff <laughs> like, like he just like, you know, I think that that's been his token line for so long. And then my theory is he knew at that moment that Fields was going to be taking over and he just wanted to tell Dalton himself. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, that, and that makes sense. And he wanted to talk to the coaches, talk to the team about it. So he's like, well, I'm not ready to do it yet. I don't want to make it clear that I am. So let me just go back to this line I've been saying over and over and over again that everybody gets angry about. So he said it. I think all of us in the in the media room were like understood what was going on. I think everybody outside the media room was pretty furious uh, to hear it. And then, you know, it just took 48 hours before we found out the truth and, uh, Justin Fields era. It's weird to say Justin Fields era is underway because he's already started two games. But like now, it just feels like okay. Like and and I was thinking too, Hogue. I wonder how much of a relief this is for people in the building. To you know, man, man was asked about this and he kind of poo pooed it a little bit. But like they can just move on. Like all the focus now can be on getting Fields ready week in and week out. All the players know who their quarterback is. There's no more back and forth. There's no more awkward questions. We know who the play caller is, too. Certainly seems like Bill Lazer is going to handle that the rest of the year, the way Matt Nagy talked about it. Um, Certainly, I can't imagine it would be good for a rookie quarterback to be going back and forth with play callers. So it just seems like now, like it's like, all right, we're done. We've gone through this four weeks of back and forth. Like This is our team. This is our quarterback. I know I was one of the people in the building that was relieved. Like that was one of the first things that popped in my head. I was like, Oh, thank God this is over. Like now we can just cover Justin Fields, cover the team and not have to deal with this angst every single day. And the, even the constant questions that you and I get, you know, anytime we do any type of media appearance or anything like that. So um, yes, I have to imagine if we're relieved that uh, there are people in that building that are relieved. And um you know what? I would even argue that there might even be like a percentage of Andy Dalton who's relieved because he knew this was going to happen eventually. Now, it sucks that it happened via injury and all that, but, you know, even he can sort of get in his routine now as the backup and, you know, just from a life standpoint, uh, be know what's going on the rest of the season for himself as well. Now, I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't want to be the starter. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, you know, and even even he can kind of get out of the spotlight a little bit because I can't imagine this has been easy. Yeah, like I, I, I got to be careful because I don't I, I really feel bad for, you know, professional athletes in certain ways when they lose their starting job and they're making a lot of money. And especially someone like Andy Dons, who's had a pretty good career already, like he's done a lot of things. Um, but I, I do feel a little bad for how like he like the guy finally led like a really good drive against Cincinnati. Yeah. And, and, and was in the middle of another one, you know, so you could see how this could that like that could have continued at least for that week. 
and maybe you know maybe things would have looked different against Cleveland. I don't know. So in that element, like you do see, like okay, that's kind of a bummer that that's how he lost a job. But if you're Andy Dalton, like this might sound weird to say because you're not supposed to lose your job due to injury theoretically, but I'd rather lose my job that way than the way Mike Glennon lost his job four years ago <laughs> by just being bad. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know what? On the bright side, Andy Dalton had like some de- pretty decent tape to put out there. Yeah. You know, he's going to be a free agent again in the offseason, and there might be another team that needs a quarterback like that in that type of situation. I'm sure he'd like to avoid this exact situation, but, you know, unfortunately, he's kind of in that spot in his career, like that tweener stage, where if teams are bringing in an older veteran like that, it's probably to be a bridge quarterback, a backup they're probably not handing the keys to the offense over to you permanently. Just unfortunately, that's where he's at. I think that you can be competitive as a player, but also kind of embrace that part of your career as a quarterback, if that makes sense. So, you know, like this guy. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. I don't know that he's embraced it either, but. All right. Slice and dice. Let's uh let's do this. We need to jump into the Raiders. That is the uh, the big news. Everyone can move forward, including this podcast on Justin Fields, and he's focused on beating the Raiders. He wouldn't even go out to dinner with his parents. He's so focused on beating the Raiders. I love that story. And uh, Vic Tafer at Vic Tafer T A F U R on Twitter covers the Raiders and does a podcast called State of the Nation, and he joins us now to give us the insight we need on this Las Vegas Raiders team. Vic, the last time uh, we saw this matchup a couple years ago was the uh, the big Khalil Mack revenge game against the Raiders and uh, in London, and we were all there, and it was fun and, and all that at Tottenham Stadium, but not fun for Khalil Mack because the Raiders did such a good job against him um, and it really seemed like that was the focus. What do you expect this time around now that a couple of years have, have been removed from this? I think it'll be a similar focus. I think uh, John Gruden does not want to have Khalil Mack have a big day. I think last time they had Trent Brown. They also, I think they used one of the guys to help out this time. The old line's a little worse. They've had some problems this year, so I'm sure that'll definitely be a focus as far as having guys chip and have other guys help out and double team them because they don't have Trent Brown this time around. So they need to help out the rookie uh, Alex Leatherwood as much as they can. Vic, I'm watching the Monday night game and I was wondering if they were going to have to go to the press box and ask you to go play uh, defensive <laughs> back for them with uh, watching all those guys go down. What's I know we're recording this Thursday morning, but what's kind of the latest in terms of injuries in that secondary? And what do you think they can do pass rush wise to help mitigate that? I was going to help on the uh, O-line. I wasn't sure about the, the DB, but um, yeah, definitely. They definitely had some injuries this week. I think Casey Hayward will be back. He had some cramps. I swear, he's had some problems with the cramps the last two weeks, but he'll be fine. He'll be ready to go. I'm not sure what the long-term um, outlook is on Trayvon Mullen, but I'm guessing he's probably doubtful. He um, didn't look very good when he came off the field. So it'll be tough. I think Nate Hobbs will play a lot. The rookie, I think they also bring in Amik Robertson, another Guy hasn't played much in the past. He's kind of a smaller guy, but a lot of heart. So uh, definitely be a um, big time um, matchup issue for them th- this weekend. 
One more on Mac real quick. Did the Raiders really make that phone call to the Bears in the offseason trying to get him back? That's what I was told. That's what I wrote. Um, a couple of people told me that. I double-checked it, and I uh, ran it by both uh, Mac and Gruden. And so um, they weren't happy that it came out. But I think at that point, they were like, you know what? The Bears may have some problems with the salary cap. Uh, they hadn't yet you know, made the push for uh, Yannick Ngakwe yet. That was plan B kind of. So um, I think they made a call and see you know, what the – what was going on, if there was any possibility to it. But uh, obviously the Bears were, were happy with it, and they figured out, you know, they didn't need to make a drastic move. So uh, plan B was Ngakwe. He's been great. I mean, Ngakwe came in, and hey, Max Crosby hit it off and definitely became leaders of this defense. So I think um, they got the pass rush they've been wanting for a long time, since since Khalil left, really. So it's the first time we've had a big-time pass rush here in a while. Well, hey, I was the guy, I was the guy throwing out Khalil Mack trade theories last year so i don't blame john i don't i don't blame john gruden for making the phone call like you said with the salary cap situation it made sense um what's been the fallout the last couple days since joey bosa's comments about hitting Derek carr and that making such a difference because you know they're facing a similar type defense this week in the bears similar scheme and a a pretty good pass rush that's going to be trying to do the same exact thing yeah, it's weird because, you know, Derek Carr with the Raider fan base, it's, it's really split. There's a, definitely a huge, you know, pro-Carr faction and they're definitely an anti-one. And those comments kind of got the anti-one, you know, fired up again because Derek's was so good the first three games. So uh, they had to come back. You know, and that's been the reputation with Derek all along is maybe he did not, you know, play as well after, you know, getting hit and kind of was a little more, more self-conscious and kind of aware of things. And, uh, watching that game, I didn't get that impression. I thought, like he said, his defense was that maybe Bosa watched the game in reverse because he definitely got stronger as the game went on as opposed to getting, you know, uh, more, you know, I guess the word is shook after getting hit a couple times. But um, it was a tough game. He got hit a lot. The line was not very good. But they came back. They are down 21-0. They scored twice in the third quarter and were driving again to tie the game. So I, I believe this time uh, Bosa's comments were not really uh, – well-founded. I, I should uh, let the listeners know for some context about our guest, Vic Tafer. I've never seen Khalil Mack happy to see a member of the media ever than when he saw Vic in London a couple of years ago. So just to just to put Vic on that pedestal. Um, uh, Vic, uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, seems like they've been able to unlock that uh, in the first few games this season. Maybe not so much against the Chargers, but uh, how important has that been to the offense in, in in terms of maybe not being so Darren Waller focused and having Ruggs be what they thought he was going to be? Yeah, it's been big. He um, definitely you know put in a good offseason of work. He put on some weight. I think. Like- 13 pounds of muscle and didn't lose his speed, obviously. So I think um, it's helped him in terms of the way he's running his routes more physically. He's kind of can withstand some contact. I think Derek Carr's mentioned his different mentality this year. You can definitely see he's no longer, you know, a rookie who kind of was really feeling the pressure last year into injuries. Of course, you're coming in last year with the COVID thing and no offseason workouts was tough for him. So I just think mentally he's made the jump. He's making tough catches. He's getting open. And you see him making catches on the sidelines now, toe-tapping, some tough catches inside. So he's become a big-time weapon for them and a guy that can definitely, um, you know, if, if teams focus on Darren Waller too much, they can pay a price uh, with, with rugs deep. Vic, what's what's your overall temperature on this team, this, this Raiders team? Off to a good start, but then, you know, pretty – I want to say thoroughly outmatched against the Chargers, but it was clear the Chargers were the were the better team for most of that game the other night. So I, I guess how much are you buying what's been a pretty good start? 
buying it uh, pretty much. I think I mentioned that the pass rush to me is the biggest thing because it hasn't been here for a long, long time. And so I think besides Crosby and Gakwe, they got some other guys. Uh, Quinn Jefferson's been big time inside. Darius Fylon. So now they have guys inside even like a push inside. A nice rotation going, like eight, nine guys. I mean, Cleveland Furl, who was the number four overall draft pick you know, a couple of years ago, is now like the eighth guy in this rotation. And, you know, so I, I, we miss – I just think that that's a big part of this defensive uh, improvement this year. Plus, the overall, the offense can now be a little more aggressive, knowing the defense won't always just give away points as soon as they, they can. So I think um, for those for those reasons, I'm buying uh, this improvement this year. All right. Well, we always ask our I guests. I there's going to be a lot of. Oh. Go ahead, Kevin. I was going to say real quick, Vic, there's going to be a lot of Bears fans, I think. Uh, in Vegas, and I'm sure you're going to see this with every road team because everybody, all, all NFL fans, want to go to Vegas. What can you tell Bears fans on what to expect from uh, Allegiant Stadium? It's a beautiful stadium. Uh, definitely, it's still, you know, um, it's different vibe than Raiders games in the past. I'll say, um, it's, you know, there's an actual, there's an actual nightclub in the one end zone, which uh, it's a trip. But the whole place has kind of like a nightclub vibe. It's just loud throughout, even when the other team scores. In this case, the Bears will score on Sunday. You'll hear a louder roar than you would have heard, you know, in Oakland. I think so. It's definitely just a, a full-on party atmosphere. It's just everyone is, you know, there for the spectacle as much as for the game itself. So it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's different, but uh, it's it's a beautiful place and very loud throughout the game. All right, Vic. We always ask our guests for a prediction. Where are you uh, siding on this one? I'm going with the Raiders. So I'm being a homer. I'm gonna say they're gonna bounce back. I think. Um, I know the Bears have some issues in their secondary. I think the Raiders have enough weapons. Uh, Waller, uh, Ruggs, Brian Edwards has stepped up this year. Hunter Renfro is having a nice year. So there's enough offensively there where I think they'll bounce back and outscore the Bears this week. It's all right, Vic. None of our guests ever picked the Bears. It's, is that true? Or I, too think, I, I think it's 0-4 now in four weeks. But you know what? They deserve it, so it's all right. Uh, Vic, thanks so much again for uh, jumping on early with us today. We really do appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you in Vegas. All right, guys. Take care. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, good stuff from Vic Tafer. And now it's time to break things down from the Bears side of things. And our three big questions, which for the second week in a row is coming from Kevin Fishbane. And... You know, you got you got like a preseason game last week doing this. Now it's the real deal. Now, I thought you did a good job last week. Oh, now I'm a little nervous, especially when you hear when question one is. I mean, we got to start to wonder, I think, if uh, if Adam Johns is like the Andy Dalton of his podcast. Oh, he, boy. And you, and you might be Justin Fields. I feel like we've made the joke about me Wally pipping Johns in this podcast like at least once each of the last three or four years. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Your best ability is availability, right? It's true. It's true. I'm listen. I'm happy to be like sixth man of the year, like in the mm-hmm. NBA year after year. About I'm Tony Kukoc. You need me to take that shot. I'm happy to do it. I'm, I'm content being, you know, whatever the the podcast needs me to be. By the way, the and two I'll, of us just got off of like a two month leave too. That's true. <laughs> Over the summer. So who are we to talk? Yeah. John's, John's held down the fort while we were gone. All right, three and, big and questions. Here we go. I was going to say, and he'll remind us every chance he gets. Yes, <laughs> he will. He has, he has three kids. Question one. <laughs> will the Bears actually utilize the tight ends in the passing game this week, or was that whole the tight end is a huge part of this offense thing a facade? You might remember this question from other three big questions, such as last week's. Yeah. So here's the thing, though, that was the, was different this past game. They didn't need to use them in the passing game, and they did yep. utilize them in the running game. Whereas, like, the week before, they just didn't really do anything. They didn't block in the running game. They didn't do anything in the passing game. They just were like, why are you even out there? Uh, last week, they, they were used a good amount in the running game, and as I pointed out in my film study that got published this morning, they all did a good job. And you had J.P. Holtz in there as a fullback even. So, uh, you know, Cole Komet graded out well blocking. Jimmy Graham graded out well blocking. J.P. Holtz was in there. James uh, Jesse James. Now, I realize that's not what people want to hear. And the question is, will they get him involved in the passing game? L- look, this is it's like kind of the same answer. It's still concerning. But at least now you could say, well, let's wait till they really need to. Based on what we saw last week in that offense. So I think it's coming. I think it would make sense. 
because you're going to have to make adjustments. I don't think you're just going to be able to do what you did last week over and over and over again. You're going to have to have some underneath throws. Um, you're probably not going to be able to run the ball quite as well because the Raiders are going to adjust to that and you don't have David Montgomery. So there's got to be something, and I think it does make sense that the tight ends would be that something that's different this week. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where on Monday, I'm thinking, oh, here we go again, as I'm looking through the box score and, and breaking things down. And then you watch the tape, 17 pass attempts, right? Three were targeted at Cole Komet. I think one didn't count as a pass attempt because, oh, no, yeah, all three were, were you got all three of those targets. Lost his footing on two of them. And then you go through those explosive plays. I think Cole Komet was in pass pro for at least, maybe three of the five, if not more, of the 20-plus yard pass plays. Jimmy yeah. Graham was in there for a couple of them, too. So then you're thinking, all right, so that's like, you know, so I could you could say they were heavily involved and played integral roles in, like, almost half of the pass plays. So they were very involved. Um, I do think it's worth noting that Jared Cook caught a touchdown last week against the Raiders. He led the Chargers in receiving. Um, their backup tight end also had a touchdown catch. So this seems to be a game that you could get these guys going in the middle of the field. And as you said, like you're just they're, they're just not going to – the Raiders, you would think, are going to go out of their way to not give up deep balls to Darnell Moody or, the, or deep crosses to Allen Robinson, things like that. And that's where you could try to get those guys more involved. All right, number two. Question two. On a scale of one to very concerned, how concerned are you? about this back seven handling Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs? Mm. Somewhere in the middle, I guess. I mean, it. It. some of the... Um, there were some deep passes that still slipped through. At least one coverage bust last week for the Bears. But Tashawn Gibson did practice in full on Wednesday. So it sounds like they're going to get him back and uh, that might help. So will will Darren Waller have a decent day? Will Henry Ruggs slip behind the defense maybe once, twice, maybe. But I still think that this defense as a whole is good enough to keep you in the game, right? Like I'd, I'd be surprised if these guys are going off to the point that like the Bears can't keep up offensively. Yeah, you know, I was worried about TJ Hawkinson a little bit last week, and the Bears, you know, generally contained him. Duke Shelley had a great pass breakup on a third down throw to Hawkinson, giving up a lot of size there. Um, so, yeah, I think they could be okay. You know, and I probably should throw in uh, Hunter Renfro, too, into this conversation. Uh, yeah, free safety, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, how about that? That's pretty impressive. That was a really good play. If you didn't see it in the Monday night game, the Chargers tried to. Uh, fake a punt because there was nobody covering the gunner on the outside and somehow Hunter Renfro who was the returner like totally saw it developing and ran at least 20-25 yards to to break up the pass by slamming the guy basically tackling him as he was catching it was an incredible play so uh, we'll see if uh, John Gruden lines Hunter Renfro up at uh, at safety this week knock on wood if you're with me I think if they do, I think the Bears should probably take advantage. Yeah, probably. Question three. What, what, do, you, what do you want to see from Khalil Mack in uh, Raiders Revenge Game 2.0? Well, I'll start with this. I want to see him. Yep. Because we didn't really see him 
in that game in London. Now, the Raiders... We didn't, see him after, we didn't see him after the game either. No, we didn't. The Raiders did a really good job in that game, though. Like, that was clearly John Gruden's focus. We're not letting Khalil Mack beat them. Now, that was also a game Keem Hicks got hurt in. And you did not have any type of Robert Quinn type playing at the level that Robert Quinn's playing at right now. You did not have Travis Gibson who played outstanding last week. So there's a lot more for the Raiders to worry about in this game. And now the question, I, I, Akeem Hicks, I don't know what his status is. I wouldn't say it looks good for him playing uh, as we record this right now. But the depth overall on that line and having uh, Eddie Goldman back and, just more options. I think they're better equipped where they can't do what they did against Khalil Mack two years ago in London and get away with it the same way. And we heard Joey Bosa after the game the other day against the Raiders saying, once you hit Derek Carr, it starts to change. So we know what the Bears are going to be emphasizing. And Sean decides been doing a great job of scheming these guys up too to get them to the quarterback. So I think he's going to have something up his sleeve where Khalil Mack's not going to come out of this game without basically showing up on, in the stat sheet. Yeah, and I just asked you know Vic about it too. Is is you know I'm wondering if the emotion of this matchup for John Gruden is a little different this time around, three years removed from the trade as it was in 2019 when that was like the big story all week. Uh, and, and I wonder, you know, not to say that John Gruden would let emotion get into game planning, but it seemed to be a little bit in that matchup in, at uh, Tottenham Stadium, and, and it worked out well for the Raiders. Yes, it did. Um, all right, well, there's our three big questions. It's time to pick the game. Bold predictions. All right, Kevin. What do you got? Or I could go first. Is this my, is this my bold prediction? Yes. Bold mm. predictions. That's what that means. Oh, uh, I'm new here. Um, my bold prediction for this game is that Khalil Mack is going to get a strip sack. Wow. I think that's kind of bold. Because as, as we just heard from Vic, they're going to try to stop him again. And, you know, look, listen, we go back. I, I said this. I was on their podcast, the Raiders podcast. And, and I said, I go, look, we haven't really seen one of those Khalil Mack games in a while. And I don't know if we'll get a full one, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of motivation from him. I know he's banged up. He didn't practice Wednesday. But how about a Khalil Mack strip sack? I mean, how about it? It would be uh, it would be big. It's something that they need. And I, I was also going to go that direction, I think, with my bold prediction. Um, but let's go the other way. Let's go with the offense. Do you know how many touchdowns, throw, passing touchdowns, I should say, Justin Fields has this season? I believe the same amount as you and me combined. Accurate. Although he does have a hundred percent more rushing touchdowns than we do combined, correct. I think he throws for two touchdowns in this game. Okay. And I, if I want to get even bolder, I think one of those goes to Jimmy Graham in oh, the red zone. Okay. Well, they don't have David Montgomery just to to pound the ball in there anymore. You know. 
Here Let's I pound thought. the ball right up there. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. All right. Here I thought uh, that uh, Jimmy Graham was just here, you know, taking up a bunch of cap space and blocking. Yeah. No, he's going to be catching touchdowns this week. Good for him. All right. All right. Uh, all right. There's bold prediction. Predictions. Who you got in the game? Quick breaking news. Simba Webster now on the Bears practice squad. Okay. So, so technically, I was right. Because I didn't think they'd actually cut him because I thought he was a decent cutter. There you go. But they, I mean, I guess they get, did kind of cut him, but he's still around. I think my exact wording was, I don't think Simba Webster's going anywhere. He's still here. All right. Um, game prediction. Do you want John's game prediction, by the way? Sure. He's not going to listen to this, so I could totally make it up. But uh, I'll give you what he actually gave me. Do you have it? He's got, yeah. I do. Okay. He's got Bears 24, Raiders 20. And his explanation, this is more of a gut pick than anything else. And my and my gut's been wrong plenty of times before. Yeah. Okay. Don't know that he's gonna be right this time. Who do you have? I've got Raiders twenty five, Bears twenty two. Twenty five? Yeah. I think, I think the coach is going to get a little wild with some two-point conversions this week. Okay. So 25-22. I, I just, I'm worried about the Bears keeping up with who the Raiders have. You know, you just heard Vic break it down. It's not just Ruggs and Waller, Renfro, Edwards. I mean, they've got guys. Derek Carr, I don't know where you're at. I, I think Derek Carr is probably the second best quarterback they've faced this season um, behind Matthew Stafford. And like they're they're coming off a rough game, and I just think that they they can get explosive plays, and we've seen this Bears defense give up their fair share of explosive plays already this season. Well, and here's a question I have: If this ends up being a close game, what does it look like in the fourth quarter? Because the Bears haven't really played a fourth quarter that really matters yet. They could argue it's the NFL, two scores. It's you know, but I'm I'm talking about a close game in the fourth quarter. They've had big leads in two games that they've then coughed up points in the second half and made the game look a lot closer than it probably was. And then they've had two other games that they weren't really in it in the fourth quarter. So they, my point is the defense hasn't really had to, they haven't played well in the fourth quarter, but they also haven't had to play in a game where like it really matters. And the offense hasn't been really put in a position where they have to make like a really clutch play in the fourth quarter either. Although, you know, I guess the that's not exactly fair because the uh, the field's third, the, run against the Cincinnati. field's run a third down. But that was because, you know, what wasn't a close game all of a sudden was. So they did come up with that. But I, I think you get what I'm talking about. What does this look like in the fourth quarter? If this is really more of those what it should be, in my opinion, which is a closer game. Yeah. And I just I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Bears being able to this Bears defense, especially if they don't have Akeem Hicks, stopping Josh Jacobs on a, you need to get the stop right here, or, you know, stopping a Derek Carter, Darren Waller pass in a must-stop situation. So I, I think I think it's a big number. I think the Bears can cover, you know, especially because this Raiders defense is susceptible. So I, now I should note I'm 0-4 against the spread this season, picking Bears games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, they, you know, under Matt Nagy, they've generally done a good job of covering when they've been underdogs. Not against so Cleveland. Picked, did not, yeah, did not happen against Cleveland. It <laughs> happened against LA. And uh, I don't, I think I did not pick them to cover his home uh, when they were home favorites. So, I did. I did. But yeah. I also picked them to cover against Cleveland and was terribly wrong about that. Ooh. I think actually we all picked them to win that game. Yeah. What do we know? Whoops. I'm not picking the Bears to win this game. I do think that they uh, score some points. I think they lose a heartbreaker 23 21. Maybe on a field goal late, something like that. Daniel Carlson. And we could look back at this game and think, hey, Justin Fields had a good game. Matt Nagy made the right call. You know, I think he's gonna play. Okay. Well. Yeah. I think and then it's just well. it's just the Raiders are just a better team right now. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that everybody has to keep in perspective. That I think most people have. I think we've always thrown in that caveat for the most part over the last few days. It was against the Lions. And I remember thinking that as soon as the game was over, it was like, man, this is going to be way harder next week. So don't yeah. lose sight of that as much as there's some good mojo. Mo- what did, uh, what did uh, um, Mike McCarthy call it? Mojo moment? Mm. The mojo moments. Goes back to the fourth quarter. Are they going to come up with the mojo moments? I don't know. I don't know. All right, so we both have the Raiders winning. Johns has the Bears winning. Um, because he's a homer. Vic has the Raiders winning. He also called himself a homer. I don't think he is. I think he's just analyzing the matchup. Um, so there it is. Bears Raiders. By the way, I did not wear black uh, for the Raiders. I wore it for the White Sox. Should we pre- should we predict the White Sox? Uh, yeah, White Sox are going to win fifteen nothing tonight. So you joke, but that's basically what the score was in 2005 in game one of the ALDS. I, know. I was at that game. Wow, that's a fun one to be at. Yeah. Scott Pitsenik hit two home runs. I think he had one. He had two in that game or one? No, he had one, he had, and then he had, he had the, two in the... Yes. He had two in this. Yeah. I, I was at the who, other game he had a home run. Who would be the Scott Pitsenik of this team? Like the guy that you don't expect to hit a home run, but then has like clutch home runs in the postseason? Leori Garcia. Yep. Also, I know that, you know, they don't have like the whole captains meet for coin toss in baseball, but they have the umpire exchanging lineup card. So can the White Sox send out like Jeff Blum? (laughs) You know, they return to, uh, well, I don't even know what Houston's baseball field's called anymore. It's not Enron, right? It's not, well, it's not Enron. Isn't (laughs) it still Minute Maid? Is it still Minute Maid? We went there a couple years ago. Uh, in 2016. They were playing the Cubs. Yeah. The Bears and Cubs were both in town at the same time. All right. Um, I'm going to say that the, that series is tied 1-1 on Sunday. Are you doing the red-eye thing home, too? I am. Uh, boo. So you're not going to be able to watch some Sox game? Uh, well, I want to be able to watch the Sox game. It's going to be over by the time I take off. That's true. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll well, I guess we have work to it. do. I guess. I, I will say that I, I will say this, and not to sound like I'm washed, but staying up last night to watch Dodgers Cardinals, oh. I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like hoping the Dodgers win, and then and they did just because That's I just want to go to bed. I think we should just stay on the West Coast. I yeah, think Vegas is the coast, but you know what I'm talking I, about. And you and I are. We we are privileged in our lines of work that we can like watch the game today. 
You know, like I'm not, I'm not worried about not missing, you know. Well, speak for yourself. You know, some of us have practice to go to. That's, that's true. You can get, you can get, get J Mac to set up a TV out there at practice. You can keep an eye on the game. That's, that's a, a good idea. I think actually. Not I think sure the Sox can win this. I think the Sox can win in five. I think, I, but I do think it'll go five if, if they're going to win it. My heart's not going to be able to handle that. Um. All right, let's pick these other games quickly. We'll go through them. We'll start noon. Fox, Lions, and Vikings. So, the Vikings are where the Bears were a week ago. They did nothing against the Browns offensively. And now they get a home game against the Lions. Who's making this schedule? They are nine and a half point favorites at home. Which shows you how much they think the Vikings are better than the Bears. The Bears were what? Three-point favorites at home? Yeah. Of course, last week's result probably influenced this line a little bit too. But nine-and-a-half-point favorites the Vikings are. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably take I'll, I'll take the Vikings. Okay. I'm going to take the Lions. I okay. still think they're feisty, and I think that they'll play better than they did last week. They are feisty, but uh, Kirk Cousins. Counterpoint. What kind of counterpoint is that? He was like an MVP the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. There's much more evidence that that's probably not going to continue, <laughs> that he's going to bounce back to that form. It's Although fair. it is against the Lions. So uh, I do not think the Lions will win the game. I do think they'll cover nine and a half. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. Also, noon on Fox, Packers at Bengals. Bengals are a three-point home dog. Aren't you, like, in the sense now, based on the last three games, like, how could you pick against the Packers right now? Like, it's like, I'm not going to pick against the Packers until they lose Yep. or, or don't cover. Like, I just, you know, Rodgers is just in one right now. Yep, I agree. Uh, I think the Bengals are... The Bengals might be better than they looked at Soldier Field. I mean, they are three and one. They did go to Pittsburgh and win. Not that Pittsburgh's great. I yeah. don't know. I think this one might be closer, but I'm with you. I, I don't think I can rationally sit here and pick the Bengals. If there was a hook on that, if it was three and a half, four, maybe I'd go Bengals, you know, backdoor cover, at least lose by three, but I'll go ahead and go Packers. Go Bears. Thanks, Aaron. CBS 305. Up against the Bears Raiders game. It's the Browns in Los Angeles against the Chargers. This is a really good game. Is Brandon Staley America's coach? America's coach. Yeah. He's certainly like the analytic coach. Just let the but record also, show this podcast claimed him first, but way before the rest of America. Uh, I was always a huge Brandon Staley fan when he was here. That's what I'm saying. He's like the nicest uh, coach that that come through those doors. But also, I'll never forget the first time. Well, it wasn't the first time we talked to him. It was one of the first times we talked to him was when he was getting Khalil Mack ready for that game against the Packers on short notice after the trade. And I just, I'll never forget, like, the way, it was just something about the way he talked, the way he explained it, the work he put in, the results that came out of it. It was like, this this guy's going to be a head coach someday. I didn't necessarily think it'd be this quickly. But, um, yeah, if you missed it, Brandon Staley had this great, explanation that went viral yesterday um 
explaining why the running game helps the quarterback. I ended up writing my entire film Bears film study on it um, because it was already kind of the direction I was going and how the Bears helped Justin Fields the other day. But Brandon Staley explained it better than anybody possibly could. It was a really good answer. So uh, and his team's really good as well. The Chargers are one and a half point favorites at home against the Browns who have been just really good defensively the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, the Chargers are my favorite team because they have uh, three Northwestern players on their roster. So I'm obviously going to pick the Chargers. Wow. Um, I'm buying what the Browns are doing. I'm buying that defense, and I do like the Chargers. I think they're for real. I think I, I just think it's a really good game. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Unfortunately, we're not going to really be able to watch it because it's right up against the Bears-Raiders game. But uh, I'm going to take the Browns, actually, in this one. You know, I think Adams had a good season. It's a great late afternoon slate. It is. It is. Here's another one. Fox, 325 p.m. 49ers at Cardinals. Cardinals undefeated. The only undefeated team left. They are five and a half point favorites over the Niners. Hmm. Well, how much faith do you have in Kyle Shanahan getting Trey Lance ready? If, if Trey Lance is your starting quarterback. Because, I, I mean, I could see a scenario where the 49ers come out and that's an offense that's not easy to defend without any tape on yeah. Trey Lance. Um, I'm very confident in Kyle Shanahan. Very confident in my guy Trey Lance. Very confident that the Cardinals are going to lose their first game straight. Oh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Okay, I like that. Sleek, you got to anticipate the ebbs and flows. To quote Adam mm-hmm. Johns, 49ers coming off a loss. Cardinals getting a little too confident. Great point by you, Trey Lance. Not a ton of tape. Don't trust that Cardinals defense really anyway. Cardinals are fun to watch. Though, and Kyler Murray is the most exciting player in the league. Yeah. And I, I realize, I, and I realize, Patrick Mahomes is still in the league. When I say that, I've been pretty bad picking 49ers games this year. Like I picked them to cover against the Packers. Yeah, I me too. Them, yeah, I picked the Lions to cover against them in Week One. I picked the Eagles to cover against them last week. I picked the Seahawks though, and that worked out. So, but yeah, I'm with you. I think I think it's a big number for a division matchup. I'll take 49ers. You're not listening, Chris. NBC. Sunday Night Football, 7-20. Bills at Chiefs. It's another great game. Uh, this won't be going up against the White Sox-Astros game, though. So, sorry. Uh, the Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Bills, who are rolling right now. Yeah, it's hard to know, like, how good the Bills are. But you know how every year there's that, like, one-week-one game you throw out? Yes, that's the I think, one. like... That's the one. Saints Packers is another one. Oh yeah, there's gonna be two yeah. of them. Yeah, you're talking about Bill Steelers. Bill Steelers, yeah. yeah. Um I, I this would be my lock. I think Bill's I, Ooh, I, I don't You're locking I, them. I'll lock the Bills to cover. You I just like it. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I think it's gonna be a shootout. Give me the points in a shootout. I agree with you. Like I just don't see how the Chiefs are gonna stop this Bill's offense. No. A- and they they might be able to score too, but like it, which defense do I trust more? It's the Bills defense. 
So I, I I know the Chiefs got back on track last week, but the Eagles are still able to score. I I would not be surprised if the Bills win this game. I locked the Chiefs last week, and um, they did cover. But every time I checked the game tracker, it was like Eagles driving, Eagles driving. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? So, you know, yeah, give me the give me the Bills, give me those points. Do your research. All right, the Monday nighter. 7.15 on ESPN, it's the uh, Colts, our guy J.J. Stankovic's Colts at the Raiders. That's not the right team. At the Ravens. Ravens. The Ravens. The Bears play the Raiders. That's why the Raiders are in my head. It is the Colts at the Ravens. The Ravens are a seven-point favorite. The Colts have not been very impressive. Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. They shut down the Dolphins last week, but the Dolphins are not good. Yeah. The Bears broke the Dolphins in the preseason, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I'd I, probably go Raiders here. You got me. This is See? your fault. This is your fault. I mean, you picked the Raiders to win. Yeah. Um, give me the Ravens. To cover the seven, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably. Because you, like... Uh, I guess the not. question would be, in a game like this, are you worried about the Colts being like a backdoor cover team? And I, I just don't. I'm not Maybe. sure. Maybe. Probably a game I'd stay away from, but yeah, it's on our list. So we picked it, and we're going with the Ravens. All right. Uh, it is a good slate of games. It really is, especially late afternoon. The Sunday night game is great. Should be a fun weekend. Um, just a fun. It's October, man. October's a fun month of sports. You got the NFL in full swing. You got the playoffs going on. You got the White Sox in the playoffs this year, hopefully for more than a week. Uh, and a shout out to the Chicago Sky, the WNBA yes. Finals. That's awesome. I was I watched I was watching that game last night. Wintrust was rocking. Yeah, it looks fun. That I'd love awesome. to go to a game. I I don't know how the hell you get tickets to the WNBA Finals, but it looks fun. Yeah, and I've been to Wintrust a couple times for DePaul games. Not mm-hmm. rocking. Not, right. not for DePaul. No. I still haven't been to that venue. It's cool. It's a cool yeah. venue. Yeah. Huh? Um, but that was awesome for Chicago Sky. Candace Parker, she lit it up. That would be such a cool thing if she ends up winning a championship in Chicago. Yeah. So but that um, was that was the one seed. They and they just dominated. Yeah. Impressive, impressive stuff. Uh things going well in Chicago sports, uh, you know, at least right now for the Bears for a little bit. Real quick, know, who do, we all know who do you have in uh, who do you have in Penn State, Iowa? Haven't thought about it for a second. And because I no longer have to um, pick these games on this podcast, I used to have to pick them, so I haven't really. Th- Where, uh, where's the game being played? That's how little I've paid attention to it. Uh, Iowa, Iowa. I what time of day? Um, a late afternoon. And I'm getting you real quick the line here. Currently, Iowa two point favorites at home. Four o'clock. Uh, is that Eastern time? Yeah, four Eastern, three Central kickoff in Iowa City. Uh, I'm going Nittany. And I think I'm take the. I think I'm gonna take the Iowa. Okay. I O W A. I think I I think Iowa wins 14-13, so I'll take the Penn State to cover. Mm. Sounds riveting. 
They have two of the best punters in the country. Siesta. Um. That 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 I should watch. Then I should Big be excited. Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. All right. We gotta get out of here. We gotta get to, speaking of special teams. We gotta get to House Hall to go talk to Chris Tabor because he's moving his media availability up. And I mean, this special teams coordinator can't miss the other special teams coordinator. It's just a rule. I will get ridiculed by everybody in the building if I'm not there. So I better go. Thanks for listening, Kevin. Thanks so much for filling in. You did a nice job. Um, and uh, we will have a fun weekend in Vegas. How's that sound? Sounds great. And Northwestern does not play this weekend, which makes it an even more fun weekend. Remember, this is a fun month of sports, Kevin. You're yeah, and they're not playing. A, a they can't beat. lose. That's good. Okay. I'm feeling right. good. I, li- I like your logic there. Follow him on Twitter, at KFishbane. Follow me on Twitter, at Adam Hogue. You could still follow Adam Johns. I doubt he'll tweet anything from Boston, but hey, maybe he will. Maybe he will, and you'll be there for it on Twitter. Uh, read those guys on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe, where you can listen to this podcast ad-free. Also, check out the pod on YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. We appreciate those of you who have. A lot of fun over there in the comments as well. Uh, shirts, obviousshirts.com. Hey, that's where this White Sox shirt's from, and we have tons of Hogan Johns shirts up there too. We cannot wait to see those on the Las Vegas Strip this weekend. If you're out there, tweet them at us. If you see us, Stop us. Um, I'm an old man, so I sincerely doubt I will be out there at any late hours at night. Um, but we'll be around a little bit, I think. Have, you know, it's not a long trip, but we'll be around. It'd be nice to meet some of our listeners. So uh, don't be afraid to stop us. Say hello if you do see us. A lot of Bears fans expect to be out there. We should also mention very, very quickly, if you are going, you have to be vaccinated to go to the game. Just communicating the information from the Raiders here. You have to be vaccinated. There is an app called the Clear app. Uh, it's the same app they use for flying, you know, the clear security stuff that you see in the airports. You need to download that and put your vaccination information in there. You cannot just show up with your vaccination card. Uh, you have to do it through the app. And if you're not vaccinated, you can't go to the game. Those are the Raiders rules. And, uh, both teams have asked us to pass that along to any fans heading out there. So make sure you know that. And make sure you take care of that 24 hours before the game as well. All right. Should be fun. We'll see you out in Vegas. Enjoy the weekend. You're not listening, Chris. <laughs>